It's March 4th, 2021. I'm reading from See You at the Top by Zig Ziglar, the 25th anniversary edition. Chapter 11, Characteristics of Goals. Number one, we need some big goals. When you set goals, something inside of you start saying, let's go, let's go. And ceilings start to move up. In the following segments and chapters, we will look at people from virtually all walks of life who have succeeded. Each one had goals and did some fabulous things. I want you to read their stories carefully because in each example, I'm going to be speaking directly to you. You need to interpolate and put yourself in their shoes by adapting their dedication to reach your goals. Some wonderful things can and will happen to you and that's a promise. Some of our goals must be big because it takes a big goal to create the excitement necessary for maximum accomplishment. There's no excitement in mediocrity or in keeping up with anybody. There's no excitement in just making a house payment, a car payment, or just getting along. The excitement comes when you do, when you do your best, which you can do only with the proper goals. It's an established fact in the sports world that an athlete will perform better against tough competition than against mediocre competition. The golfer, tennis player, football player, firefighter, etc. will have a tendency to loaf against mediocre, mediocre or poor competition. This is one of the reasons so many upsets occur in the world of sports. The same is true in politics. Now, if the goal, which is really the competition you have set for yourself is big and tough, it will bring out your best effort. It will create excitement, and it's that excitement that permits you to perform at your best and to reach your goals. When you are at your best and do your best, you can lie down at night and truthfully say, today I did my very best. The result will be a rewarding and satisfying night of sleep because you recognized you're doing your best towards reaching that big goal. It's exciting to know that as long as you're reaching for the stars, your big goal, you won't end up with a handful of mud. You need to see life as something big and exciting and your major goals as big ones. A wise man once said, make no small plans for they have no capacity to stir men's souls. The way you see life will largely determine what you get out of it. Take a bar of iron and use it for a doorstop and it's worth a dollar. Manufacture horseshoes from that iron and they're worth about $50. Take the same bar of iron, remove the impurities, refine it into fine steel, manufacture it into main springs for precision watches and it's worth a quarter of a million dollars. The way you see the bar of iron 
makes the difference. And the way you see yourself and your future will also make the difference. You need to have a big goal. Obviously, the size of goals will vary with individuals. Booker T. Washington said, you measure the size of the accomplishment by the obstacles you have to overcome to reach your goals. I agree with him. For to whom much is given, much shall be required. That's from Luke chapter 12, verse 48 in the Bible. Guaranteed worst in town. I should have said subtitle, guaranteed worst in town. Next to the next door to the grocery store where I worked as a boy was a combination coffee shop and peanut stand. The owner was simply known as Uncle Joe. The smell of roasting coffee and peanuts was very tantalizing and attracted a crowd virtually every time Uncle Joe was doing any roasting. He roasted the peanuts in coal burning hand in a coal burning hand turned roaster. When he finished some roasting some peanuts, he would dump them into a large cardboard box. He filled bags with those peanuts. At that time, they sold for a nickel a bag. After he filled the bag, he would remove two peanuts and place them in the small box. When he had completed the job of filling the bags, he would always have several bags left in the bonus box. Uncle Joe was born a poor man. He lived a poor man's life and he died a poor man. He thought a lot about peanuts, but peanuts were not his problem. I shall never forget a sign I saw as I entered Columbia, South Carolina to attend the University of South Carolina. The sign simply said, Cromer's Peanuts guaranteed worst in town. Curiosity demanded I inquire about it. I was told that Mr. Cromer started his business. He had a small sign painted with that message on it. People grinned when they saw the sign, but they bought the peanuts. Later, he added the slogan to the bag of peanuts. People smiled even more broadly, but they bought the peanuts. As time passed, Mr. Cromer employed a large number of boys to sell peanuts on the streets of Columbia on a commission basis. His signs got bigger and his business got better. Soon he acquired rights to sell his peanuts at the South Carolina State Fair and at local athletic events, including the games played at the University of South Carolina. His fame and business grew. Today, Mr. Cromer is a successful and wealthy man. He too thought a lot about peanuts. Here are two men who sold the same product in essentially the same type area. One was poor and remained that way. The other was poor but wasn't content to stay that way. They sold the same product, but their individual goals for that product were not seen in a different light. Subtitle, it's not the job. It doesn't make any difference what your occupation may be, whether you're a doctor, businessman, lawyer, salesperson, minister, etc. There are wealthy people who do whatever it is you do for a living. I know some wealthy people who run service stations. I know some service station owners who are broke. There are wealthy people who sell and there are poor people who sell. 
There are rich educators and there are poor educators. There are rich lawyers and there are poor lawyers. The list is endless. The opportunity lies within the individual first and then with the occupation. The occupation provides the opportunity only if the individual does his part. Whatever it is you do, there are many people in the same profession who are making significant contributions to that profession and are making a lot of money as a result. It's not the occupation or profession that makes you succeed or fail. It's how you see yourself and your occupation. Big goals are necessary. You must see it big before you can make it big. Subtitle, number two, goals must be long range. Without long range goals, you are likely to be overcome by short range frustrations. The reason is simple. Everybody is not interested in your success as you are. You might occasionally feel that some people are standing in the way and deliberately slowing your progress. But in reality, the biggest person standing in your way is you. Others can stop you temporarily. You are the only one who can do it permanently. Occasionally, circumstances arise that are beyond your control. If you don't have a long range goal, or if you don't have long range goals, then temporary obstacles can be needlessly frustrating. Family problems, sickness, an automobile accident, or circumstance over which you have no control can be the biggest obstacles, but they may not need, but they need not be. In, in a later chapter, I will teach you how to respond positively to the negative as well as to positive situations. You will learn that a setback, regardless of the severity, can be a stepping stone and not a stumbling block. When you have that long range goal, it's easier. Why? Because you go as far as you can see and when you get there, you will always be able to see farther. Thought. If you wait until all the lights are green before you leave home, you'll never get started on the trip, on, on your trip to the top. Subtitle, Overcoming Obstacles. As I write these words, I'm aboard a DC-10 from Los Angeles to Dallas. Our scheduled departure was 5.15 p.m. Unavoidable delays held us up until 6.03 p.m. When we left the Los Angeles airport, we were headed for Dallas. But within 20 minutes, the situation had changed. The wind currents were a little different from those predicted before takeoff. So we were slightly off course. The captain made a minute adjustment and we were again headed for Dallas. My point is this, when we were a little off course, the captain didn't turn the plane around and return to Los Angeles to make a fresh start. Even so, as you head towards your goals, be prepared to make some slight adjustments in your course. You don't change your decision to go, you do change your direction to get there. 
as you set your long-range goals, let me urge you not to attempt to overcome all the obstacles before you start. Nobody but nobody would ever attempt anything of significance if all obstacles had to be removed before they started. If you had called the chief of police before you left for work this morning to inquire if all the lights were on green, he would have thought you were under the influence. You know perfectly well you deal with the lights one at a time until you arrive at your destination. As you deal with obstacles of any kind in the same manner, one day you will arrive at your destination. Yes, you just go as far as you can see. And when you get there, you can always see farther. Subtitle. Number three, goals must be daily. If you don't have daily objectives, you qualify as a dreamer. Dreamers are fine, provided they build a foundation under their dreams by working daily towards realizing them. The late Charlie Cullen expressed this idea in a meaningful way. He said, the opportunity for greatness does not come cascading down like a torrential Niagara Falls, but rather it comes slowly one drop at a time. Frequently, the difference between the great and the near great is the realization that if you expect to make it big, you must work towards your objectives every single day. The weightlifter knows that if he's going to accomplish a big objective, he must strengthen and expand his muscles every day. The parent who would raise a disciplined, loving child of whom he can be truly proud, knows the character and faith are built by daily injections of teaching by example. If the more way of life is your purpose, then your daily objective should include an honest effort to be better prepared today than you were yesterday. If you expect to improve your circumstances, you must change and improve yourself. It's true that you've got to be the right kind of person and do the right thing before you can have all life has to offer. The daily objectives are the best indicators and the best builders of character. This is where dedication, discipline, and determination enter the picture. Here we take the glamour of the big, long-range goal or dream and get right down to the nitty-gritty of foundation building that will help make certain that your dream becomes your destiny. The chapters on habits in the next segment will be especially helpful in building daily habits that build a solid character foundation which supports all significant long-term successes. Number four, goals must be specific. Earlier, I used the phrase, you had to be a meaningful specific and not a wandering generality. Here's why. Take the hottest day the world has ever known, the most powerful magnifying glass you can buy in a store and a box of newspaper clippings. Hold the magnifying glass over the newspaper clippings 
Even though you magnify the power of the sun through the glass, you will never start a fire if you keep the glass moving. However, if you hold the glass still and focus it on the paper, you harness the power of the sun and multiply it through the glass. Then you can start a roaring fire. I don't care how much power, brilliance, or energy you have. If you don't harness it and focus it on a specific target and hold it there, you are never going to accomplish as much as your ability warrants. The hunter who brings back the birds doesn't shoot the covey, he selects one quail as a specific target. The art of goal setting is to focus on one specific detailed objective, a lot of money, a nice or big house, a high paying job, more education, selling more, doing something more for the community, or being a better husband, wife, student, person, etc. is too broad a goal. In general, they are not specific enough. For example, instead of a big or nice home, your goal should spell out in minute detail. If you don't know the exact details, then start accumulating magazines with pictures and floor plans of the homes you, that appeal to you. Combine ideas and concepts that are presented when subdivisions open or when builders, builders or realtors hold an open house. Inspect a lot of open houses, but don't mislead real estate agents into thinking you are a now prospect. So they will spend a lot of time showing you the different homes. That's not only unfair, it's dishonest and will slow you down in your quest for the details of your goals. Take this assortment of ideas for your home and commit them to paper. How many square feet? What size, type, and kind of lot? Location, number of rooms, style, color, etc. Then get a local artist to make a sample drawing. An art student can probably handle it for a minimal fee. This is particularly important as you will discover in a later segment of the book. I hope you fully understand that you must take the general information on goal setting and specifically apply it to your own situation. Later, I will give you a number of specifics that will apply to your situation. Whatever you want, if you expect to reach full effectiveness, must be specific in details. Subtitle, Answering the Unasked Questions. Can goals be negative? The answer is emphatically yes. Goals can be negative if one of three conditions exists. One of three conditions exists. First, your goal can be negative if you don't accept the fact that you must be the architect of accomplishment and that luck is not involved. Second, your goal can be negative if it's unrealistically big. It must be out of reach, but not out of sight. Third, 
It can be negative if it's outside your area of interest or was set to please someone else. Let's deal with the biggest problem of them all, the too big or unrealistic goal. Many times the too big or unrealistic goal is deliberately set so the individual can have a ready-made excuse for failure. The individual who does this is instinctively planning for failure and is actually seeking the understanding of others by knowing they will not blame him for failing to do the impossible. The young man in this story could have had that problem. Several years ago when I was speaking in Detroit, Michigan, a young man in his 20s, poorly dressed, with a limited education, approached me with a startling statement. Mr. Ziegler, you've turned me on, so I want to shake your hand and tell you what you have done for me today. Naturally, I encouraged him to continue. I couldn't have stopped him if I would have wanted to. What have I done, I ask? He enthusiastically replied, you made me a million dollars. Well, that's fantastic, I responded. I hope you'll be willing to share it with me. Looking a little annoyed, he said, no, seriously, I'm going to earn a million dollars and I'm going to do it this year. Now, I was faced with a small problem. Should I take a chance on killing this enormous enthusiasm or let him go on laboring under the illusion of an improbable goal and suffer complete defeat? I say improbable because a million dollars a year is nearly $20,000 a week. This is a considerable sum of money for a broke, unskilled, and uneducated man to earn in one year, especially since he didn't have the $2,000 necessary to buy the initial inventory to start his new business. Now, in just one year, his goal was to earn 500 times that amount. Let me further illustrate the magnitude of the task. He had just, he had taken, had he taken just three weeks to raise the $2,000, he would already have been $60,000 behind schedule. Conservatively speaking, I figure if he's, if he had been unable to raise $2,000 in 25 years, it would probably take him three to six weeks longer to accumulate the money. In six weeks, he would have been $120,000 behind. By then, he would have been subjected to the laughter and ridicule of his friends and relatives. He probably would have already thrown in the towel and might well have tried to stop the world in order to step off. He possibly would feel foolish and defeated. Then he could honestly say, everybody is laughing at me or everybody's against me. The same thing can happen to each of us when we set goals that are unbelievably or overwhelmingly big. If the goal is unrealistically big and you miss it by a ridiculous amount, the size of the failure would have an emotional impact for future accomplishment that could be extremely negative. It could even affect a person 
to the degree that he or she would no longer really make an effort of any kind. For this reason, it is wiser to set the goal high, but not out of sight. A goal would also be negative if it's out of your field of interest and you are only trying to please someone else. If someone else is directing your goal setting, it's likely you will lose interest, become bored, or resent the fact that someone else has charted your course of action. This makes it difficult, if not impossible, to reach those goals. Another indication of a negative goal is the belief that luck is involved. Substitute the word pluck for luck, then I'll buy it 100%. Successful people get to the top because they identify their objectives, use their talents, and consistently sharpen them by dedication and hard work. Their breaks come with commitment and objectives, and so will yours.